Beyond Synth, Season 7, Sequence Commencing in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Well, hello there. Welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 208. And on the show today, I am chatting with pixel artist Genuine Human. And uh, you will recognize his work. He's made uh, music videos for uh, people like Gunship. And he's done lots of cool pixel art stuff within the sort of synthwave scene. And it was fun to uh, to chat with him. He's a fun dude. And uh, we'll get to that in just a little little bit, but I thought we would start the show. It's like I'm inventing the premise of the show. I thought we'd listen to some music. We don't ordinarily do that, but today we will. So here is a track. It's actually a remix. So this was released last week on Friday the 13th because it deals with the 13, the the superstition. Uh, It's by Color Theory. He's been working on an album that is supernatural themed. And so every song tackles like a superstition or something like that. And this one is about the, uh, you know, the fear of the number 13 and the the unlucky stuff. So it's uh, going to be an interesting album because it does have this theme running all the way through it. The track I'm going to play, however, is a remix of this track. It's called Phobiac, and it's brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters, and we have a whole bunch of new ones today. So we have a, a new pledge here from Chitty Chitty, which is C-H-I-T-T-Y, and not... <laughs> It's hard to tell on the radio. Am I saying chitty or shitty? Uh, I am saying chitty, as in chitty, chitty, bang, bang. And uh, and we got a new pledge here from Pud Nuts. (laughs) You fucking guys. Uh, And there's a new uh, member of the $25 Club, Mr. Techno Ben. Hey, Techno Ben, you're a cool guy. Thanks for joining the $25 Club. And... Now this, I never fucking thought I'd see the day. I don't even know how to announce this properly. You guys are very, very generous people. And I'm happy that you enjoy the show to the point where you want to uh, donate to the show. It obviously keeps it going. We have a new King of the Pattersons? So... (laughs) Uh, I don't even know how to handle this. Uh, Look, Robert D. Bishop, in brackets, Collector... Uh, is uh, he's tied with Chris Dance here as the King of the Pattersons. So I don't know what to do about it, um, but uh, thank you very much. Very uh, generous of you, and thanks for uh, your support. Robert D. Bishop. That's fucking uh, wild. Anyway, let's, uh, let's uh, listen to this track. This is Color Theory with Phobiac, the Alphabet Zero Remix.
Color Theory, and that was the Alphabet Zero Remix, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's the other king of the Pattersons, the first king of the Pattersons, Chris Dance, followed by the prince of the Pattersons, Six Mill, and then there's uh, Mike Shima. Did we establish if you're the knight of the Pattersons or the bishop of the Pattersons? We still got to work on that. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Gall. Thank you, Gall. <laughs> Thanks, Gall. Uh, thank you all for supporting Beyond Synth. Uh, if you want to support the show as well, like these awesome people, you can go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or beyondsynth.com and just click on the donate options there if you want to use PayPal instead. Um, so yeah, so I look forward to uh, when Color Theory uh, finishes his album. The songs have a very interesting structure, which take me a while to wrap my head around. I know it's weird. I always... <laughs> I always pick on Color Theory uh, because I I like his music a lot, but I always find it sort of strange. And I told him that when he was on the show, and he's been on the show several times. His music sort of grows on you, like especially the the tracks in this upcoming album. They have this weird song structure where there's like there's the chorus, but he almost like teases the chorus in every song. And so like when you, when you're first listening, it'll do like the first sentence of the chorus, and then it cuts back into the song. And then the next time the chorus comes in, it's now a few bars longer. And then the next time the chorus comes in, it's like the full chorus. And for me, so I'm so used to obviously the chorus being like the the part of the song that you know I always like and that's the part with all the hooks and stuff and so the second the chorus starts and then all of a sudden stops it's sort of jarring to me and at first and a lot of the songs in this upcoming album have that sort of pattern and uh, and I really like the choruses and so it's this weird sort of tease but then after a while I listen to them a few times and they sort of grow on me which is uh, which is interesting and that's my two cents about that uh, so look uh, don't forget on the 20th of September if you are in LA the synth cartel are putting on a show and i'll put the link to the facebook page in the uh, episode description so if you listen to this on facebook or uh, on twitter or you know on soundcloud or whatever i'll have the facebook link in there and that looks like to be a good show it's got droid bishop syntax now syntax 81 and the problem of time and that's on september 20th if you're in la so go check that out because that'll be a cool show and 
if you're in Toronto, where I am, uh, there's a show here on the 20th, and that's the show with Parallels and Nina and Michael Oakley, and I will be there, so you should go there too, because that should be a lot of fun. I haven't seen Nina since she was here in Toronto last time, years ago, so that'll be fun. I haven't seen her in a while, and uh, that should be cool. So that is happening at the Rec Room in Toronto. I've never actually been to that venue before, um, but I will just be there to enjoy the show. Alright, now, we are going to listen to a track. We are debuting a track, alright? From Neon Arcadia, and this one is featuring Pretty Glass Folk, and uh, this is fun because it's a debut, right? Because the album isn't out yet, but I think it's coming out in a few days, and so if you dig this song, uh, they got their... It's coming, but... (laughs) I'm not great at debuting tracks. Uh, But anyway, it's a really cool song, and I think you're going to dig it. And it is brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters. There's Jacob Wick, the Rook of the Pattersons. And then there's City Hunter with the 42. Do you want to be a chess piece? You can all be chess pieces. Uh, Chess is a cool game. Anyway, look, here is an awesome song, and this is the debut of Neon Arcadia's This Future featuring Pretty Glass Folk. Fear to your fun 
And that was This Future by Neon Arcadia featuring Pretty Glass Folk. And that is a cool track, and you can't hear that anywhere else for about four days. And then... And then it will be released. Um, but uh, yeah, it's always fun to debut songs. I don't do that very often. And the reason is that I am very disorganized. And uh, that's the bottom line. And I know you come here for bottom lines, and that's what you're going to get. And I don't have too much else to say, really. I think we might just listen to another song, and then we'll just go chat with a genuine human. His name is Jay. I don't know, I feel... <laughs> keep calling him Genuine Human. Uh, no, but he's a definitely uh, a really cool guy, and you can go uh, check out his links and stuff like that, because, uh, you know, his uh, pixel art style is, is cool, and I, I dig it. Um, so how about... You know, Damocles just sent me his new album. I don't know if it's out yet, but I don't care. This is what happens, all right? If you're going to sit there and be like, Hey, Andy, here's links from my music. I'm, like, I'm just going to fucking play it, because I cannot keep track of release dates and all that other shit and so uh hopefully this album is out or else uh, this is a debut too because i don't care but look uh damocles has a new album it's actually uh, a lot of fun tracks on here i want to play this one so the album's called tales from a future past and uh, this track was the one i really dug called uh, you will never catch me it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the 2666 Club. There's Hugh Hefna and Lucas Ceballos. Uh, you guys are awesome. And uh, let's just uh, listen to some Damocles. This is You Will Never Catch Me! Exclamation mark. Thank you. 
And that was Damocles with the track You Will Never Catch Me! Exclamation mark. And that's a fun one. That's from the album uh, Tales from a Future Past, which is either out now or not out now. Uh, you find that out for yourself. <laughs> I can't be bothered to do research, man. Um, but look, I hope you're all having a lovely day. And now let us go chat with Genuine Human all the way from Ireland. <laughs> Well, I am here right now with... You refer to yourself as a pixel artist? What do you What do? you do? I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm a pixel artist. I just I just make pictures. So is that how you want me to introduce you? I'm here with a guy who just makes pictures. Just makes pictures, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm a pixel artist. I think that, that'll probably do. All right, man, I'm here with pixel artist, genuine human. Uh, what is your actual human name? My human name is Jay. Cool. Hi, Jay. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're done here. You know, most of the time I have uh, musicians and shit and stuff like that on the show, but uh, you are one of those artists whose work I've seen uh, crop up a lot in my feed, and and, uh, you do like kind of pixel art stuff and animations and things, and so I thought it'd be cool to talk about that sort of stuff. Cool. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So how are you today? I'm, I'm good. It's, it's wet here, but generally, yeah, I, generally, I, I am very good. And tell the folks at home where you're uh, recording from right now. I am in Dublin in Ireland. So, yeah, th- this is where I live. This is where I'm based. It is wet in Dublin. It is wet in Dublin, which is kind of normal. Like, that that's exactly what you would expect. What is the actual weather like? Uh, like, the average weather? It's very changeable. So, we, we get a lot of different weather, usually within the same 24 hours. But rain is fairly common. Summers have been getting warmer, which is nice. We have a lot of gray, so we don't get full winters. They get cold and gray. We don't get proper snow or rarely, you know, once every couple of years, we get a bit of snow. Mm. We don't get a lot of real weather. You know, we don't get roasting heat and and full on snow, which I like. I like proper weather. Our our weather's been morphing around over here and we've had some very hot days this summer yeah especially the fucking one day outland was in a heat wave yeah, yeah, yeah the literal day of outland was a heat wave in toronto that looked like a lot of fun yeah it was it was just fucking hotter than shit yeah it was a hot time and to be honest with you i was sort of fucking bouncing around doing interviews and stuff so i was in like work mode and you didn't eat yeah that's true that is a, that's a true story <laughs> I, I i never know what to do when i have people on the show who actually listen to the show because now I have to come up with all new things to say. It's going to be difficult. That's it. I, I, I'm kind of, I, I know everything, Andy. I've, I've listened to all the episodes. So, yeah. Um, so what should we talk about then? So, what do we have to strike off the list? No GoldenEye? No Mortal Kombat? Uh, what else? Yeah, you've kind of covered those. You, 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 you've well, <laughs> got those well covered. <laughs> it's kind of nice that GoldenEye isn't banned anymore, though. That was that was a very dark phase for everyone, I think. Yeah, it was funny, though. I liked it for a while. <laughs> See, the yeah. thing is, like, I don't stick to anything because I just get bored of stuff, you know? So 
to me, like the joke of beeping it out was funny. And then there was a point to me where I'm like, this isn't funny for me anymore. And I said, fuck it. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's where that phase ended. What can we talk about? Why do, why do we talk about things I have done for synthwave artists? I guess that's probably a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to steer this show? I'll just sit back and uh, yeah. sure. I'm just going to send over a schedule and, um, um, and you just follow it and we'll go from there. Well, you just, you just ask yourself the question and then you answer it. <laughs> and I'm going to sit here and eat some of my kids' uh, snacks. Oh, okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. I've told my kids not to bother me. I give it about 10 minutes before they do. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the day we're recording right now, my son is home, but he's uh, he's tucked away playing PlayStation in another room. Right, okay. That's what's going on over here. Yeah, I've got my kids on the Switch, so they're okay. Yeah. They're okay. <laughs> well, I just picked up about a month ago Turok 2 on the Switch. I've been playing the first one. Yeah, Turok 2 is awesome, and uh, it had been years because it's one of those games where the emulation never worked right. Sure. So I'm happy that it came out and they put in some features that actually make the game better. Yeah. We all talk about Turok 2 all the time now. That'll be my new thing. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I had it back in the day on the N64 with the little extra add-on thing. Oh, which the expansion made the, pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to no. give you fucking .2 more RAM or whatever the fuck it was. I remember at the time it was a big deal. Uh, yeah, and it looked good back in the day. It looked good. I've quite enjoyed revisiting the first one, but I have um, I have the infamous Joy-Con drift going on, which makes Turok really difficult. You know, in the kind of platforming sections? Yeah. If I stand still for a moment, he just wanders off the edge and dies. Oh. Yeah, so that's quite a challenge. But it's a good game. I like how the way they've done it, they've polished it up and improved the draw distance and improved the frame rate, but it still kind of looks like how my memory tells me it was, you know? Yeah. It's not so polished up that it's so far removed from the original, you know? I'm still getting that nostalgia with it. The options they added in Turok, that uh, they also did the same in Turok 2, is they added a lot of customized options to, like, camera movement and stuff. Yeah. Which was important for me, because I turned all that shit off. Because when I when I first started playing, I was distracted by, like, the head bobbing, right. and the, every time you turn, that your head kind of tilts on a diagonal and, like, re-centers itself. I actually really like that tilt. I didn't remember that tilt at all I, from the original, but I don't know, I just find there's something really satisfying about it. But in the first Turok, I don't think the head bob is anywhere near as pronounced as it was in the second one, if I remember correctly. I think at the time, it's the same way I feel about the aiming in GoldenEye. It's like, at the time, I think they implemented these things to make things appear smoother because, you know, the tech wasn't there. And so, like, with GoldenEye, with the auto-aim, you didn't notice it because it's like, there's only one joystick, and so that's the way it kind of had to be. And then with Turok, I think the, the head motion and the tilting sort of made everything feel kind of smooth, even though the frame rate was like three frames a second or whatever, so you had all these little tricks. Yeah. Whereas now, it feels like a <laughs> weird distraction to me. It is great, though, that we're getting these games released. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, it makes me happy. But look, we gotta listen to some music, man. Uh, that's because that's what this show's about. So, uh, we are gonna listen to this cool track. This is Overvad. Now, I think Neon Fox played a track from this album, and then when I finally sat down and listened to it, I was like, oh, but this one's my favorite, and so I wanna play Skyrunner. And this track is brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Clint Dowling, and new donor Techno Ben, we just talked about him, and Restless Nights. And this is Overvad with Skyrunner. <laughs>
And that was Skyrunner by Overvet. And that song is cool. It was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Honeybeard and Tim Carlton. And I am back here with genuine human uh, pixel artist, Mr. J. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. J. That's me, yeah. Mr. J, that's what I'm going to call you. I like that. We're just talking about uh, video games and Turok and stuff. So why don't you explain a bit about uh, who you are and what you do? I say I make pixel art. That's my hobby, really. It, it, it very much is a kind of after-hours thing. But I, yeah, I make pixel art. I make animations. Just kind of inspired by cool stuff that I like. And I guess uh, for a large part, a vision of the world that I imagined we would live in. If I was to imagine the 2019 that... I thought we'd have when I was a kid that's kind of what I draw if that makes sense yeah and we didn't get that we you know we we got a different 2019 I guess that's okay kind of but I'm very inspired by what I imagined the world would be like when I was a kid yeah and that's what I like to get across in my art and I guess it is that now at this point it's retro futurism ties in very nicely with synthwave and that whole scene I'm, I'm a big synthwave person anyway and and it just turned out to be a very very good fit why pixel art though why it's just one of those things that happened i mean i've always loved pixel art from retro games um which you know when i first played them obviously weren't retro games they were just called games so i've always admired pixel art but i didn't set out to get into it at any stage i it, it what happened basically was years ago maybe i don't know maybe 10 years ago or so i started doing these little single panel cartoons that were just like they were just stupid jokes they were some were funny and most were not but the quickest way of me doing them was actually through pixel art because the thing about pixel art is if you do it really simply it's very quick now it goes the opposite end once you start to make it complicated it then takes even longer but yeah you can do little simple drawings really really quickly in pixel art so i ended up doing a whole bunch of those and then started just getting a little more adventurous with it and picture by picture they started to get a little better i think it was 2014 yeah it was 2014 because it was the new year's pick that kind of kicked everything off in 2014 that was when i really thought i like this i want to do more of this for New Year's Eve, I, I made up just this still image that very much was what I was describing in the sense that it was going to be the 2015 that I thought we would have. It had like little nods to Terminator and the Warriors and stuff like that. And I just put it up online on New Year's Eve and it just took off. It was one of those things that was like, oh, that's interesting. It's now now people like this thing. So I did more of it and, and just ended up staying in that direction. I mean, I I try a lot of different things, but a lot of those same influences remain since then. So yeah, that's, that's really how it kicked off. I didn't intend, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a goal. It just kind of happened. What software do you use? Like, do you use the same software to do the animations as the stills? It varies. I mostly use uh, an app called Pixaki on the iPad, and I use that mostly for the drawing and actually a, a lot of the animation too, but I will tend to composite them when it comes to animation, I'll, I'll composite them in After Effects on the computer. But it's really handy doing it on the iPad because I have it with me all the time. So, you know, I can do it in front of the TV or or if I have to go somewhere and I'm waiting, I can kind of chip away at it. So I find that really handy. I love having access to it on the iPad. There's a lot of good programs on the PC, but I don't like myself being locked to the PC. Sure. When I first started, I was actually doing them on my finger, with my finger on an iPod Touch with some really, really basic app. I've tried 
tried almost every pixel art app there is, I think, on, on the iPad. But yeah, it's just, it's handy. And it, do you know what? It's fairly easy to use as well. Like, I mean, you, for, for a large part, you're really just putting down pixel by pixel. So these are all then specifically designed for pixel art. So how does that work? Does it just give you like a simple grid? When you go in close, it gives you a grid. But really the main thing is that it doesn't try to smooth things off. So a lot of art software by default really wants to smooth things off and that's exactly what you don't want in pixel art like it's kind of weird in working in after effects which i'm i'm used to in you know editing and doing effects in after effects but with pixel art it desperately wants to blur it the program really is screaming at you to blur it so you actually have to render something in draft settings no matter what other settings uh, you have in order to stop it from blurring you know things like video footage they just all seem designed to soften things yeah so the the pixel art apps that are specific for pixel art will keep everything crisp that's all you need really it's just something you can play squares it's it's actually quite simple i kind of build pixel art like lego you know i i put it down just brick by brick until eventually there's there's something there's this program i used to use on the pc and this would have been in like 94 or 5 or whatever is this program called deluxe paint animation i know that i remember that the resolution of my monitor was probably like 400 by 200 or something and so i remember like drawing characters and things and it was very like yeah like you say like putting down the dots and drawing like that um i made some terrible animations and it sucks because that computer was destroyed eventually and i never got the animations off it i mean they were terrible they were all mortal Kombat based like right because you could make i forget what the word was you'd basically make like a little looping animation so like i'd make a guy and i'd make a running animation Mm -hmm. and then you could sort of drag that running animation across the timeline so that he'd run and then i would save and i'd have all this folder of like saved character animations I like doing Mortal Kombat because I just had all ninjas and so I would just palette swap them. <laughs> sure. Just cheat just like the fucking developers do. Yes. I'm sure they were fucking awful, but I would have loved to have seen them again. Those literally do not exist anymore. That's a shame. Yeah. It's sad when those things happen. Yeah. Got to build a time machine, Jay. Get on it. Yeah, we need time machines. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just be generally cool. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but you know what else is cool is uh, listening to cool music. That is cool. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's a cool song. This is uh, Jay Vintage uh, featuring Sarah Jonas, and it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Johnny Five and Emilio Estevez. And this is Sunshine by Jay Vintage. Vintage featuring Sarah Jonas.
That was Jay Vintage with the track Sunshine featuring Sarah Jonas. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Pattern Shift and Kempson. And I am back here with Genuine Human, who is a, a pixel artist extraordinaire. So you're telling the story here. You know, you did this thing and then it caught on. And since then, you've done a lot of uh, art that has been featured I'm wording this, cri- this fucking question wrong. Uh, you know, uh, the synthwave scene. Do it up. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Ask yourself I, the damn question, and then I'm going to sit back and listen to the answer. <laughs> yes, Andy, I have done work for the synthwave scene. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Goodbye. Anyway, look, you've done, look, there's some videos, uh, there's some images. Why don't you talk about some of the uh, projects you've worked on? It probably kicked off with the gunship stuff. Never heard of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that wouldn't have been too long after actually the 2015 pick that I did. And I started making these little animated GIFs at that point. I was just getting into actually adding animation rather than than just still images. I don't I, I don't know quite how but Dan from Gunship and I ended up following each other on Twitter and uh, he saw what I was doing and then they released Fly for Your Life and I thought that I I just loved that track. I just thought that was a great track. It was this kind of like, oh dude, I love what you're doing. Dude, I love what you're doing. We should do something together. Typically you don't ever expect to do anything together when you say that you know it's like yeah of course let's let's do that and and you'll never see them again yeah but actually we you know we we eventually followed up and th- tried to see what we could do and originally it was actually going to be a, a lyric video just to accompany one of the tracks and it kind of got out of hand and we realized that actually we we were making what would be a full video so that became the revel in your time video and that was really cool it took me a ridiculous amount of time to make i was very happy when it ended but i was really happy with the results eventually the thing thing about pixel art or maybe maybe it's just me i don't know if it's the thing about pixel art or if it's just the thing about me is that i'm really slow it's such a slow process for me so making a video single-handedly like that revel video just took me it just took so long and like i said i'm kind of doing it after hours it's very much it's hobby stuff so that took ages but i was really happy i did it and i was really happy with the end result and there's kind of a niche group of people that really love that video you know they, they kind of see it and they recognize it and they they see the influences and they kind of understand what went into it it's kind of cool to connect with those people it was one of those things as well even on youtube because you know, we, we, we all kind of have this perception that YouTube comments, it's a toilet. But actually, the YouTube comments on that video are just amazing and they're lovely. And it's just like every now and again, you I just kind of browse through them and go, people are saying really nice things and it's nice and it makes me feel nice inside. Mm. Um, if you want to so, turn that smile upside down, uh, just say your political opinion. And uh, <laughs> most comments will change real fast. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but yeah, it, it went down really, really well. And I made a couple more things for them, like promo gifts. And then eventually we made the Artemis and Parzival video. Now that was different because I knew I could not do this on my own. I didn't just didn't have the time. So we put together a team of very cool artists. I had uh, Guillaume who made the Volcor X video. Do you remember This Means War? Have you seen that pixel video? It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an amazing pixel artist. I've actually since worked 
worked with him uh, several times because he's just really good. And we had uh, Mary Safro, who does the Drugs and Wire comic. It's a cyberpunk comic. She's very cool. And we had Juanila as well. When, when, I, is it Juanila? I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like, I, I know this is a common theme in the, in the show again, but I don't know how her <laughs> name is pronounced. <laughs> we apologize. The point is that she's very talented. She's incredible. She's incredible. Now, she, she just did our opening shot. It was, the, it was the only thing she could commit to, but her work is just beautiful. Uh, so it was really cool. It was, it was great to have, have a team on that one. And uh, I, was, I was really happy with what we made. So I've actually, I've worked with the Gunship guys quite a bit. I've done some things for Dream Fiend. He's a cool guy. His name is Jay. His name is Jay as well. Yeah, that's why we like each other. It's, it's that Jay connection. So yeah, uh, I, I really like his music. His music is very kind of uplifting. It's got that synthwave thing, but a bit of funk. And it's just, I find it very positive because my day job is children's media and animation and that kind of stuff. And for the last show reel we made, I went straight to Jay and I said, Jay, can we use one of your tracks? Because I just, I just love these. And uh, it was a perfect fit. So yeah, I've, I've done stuff for Dream Fiend and Wave Shaper quite recently. Uh, did a promo for his latest album, Artifact. I do a lot of stuff for Jared and Retro Revolutions, who you know. He's a cool guy. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> he makes some re- he he makes amazing stuff. He's like a wizard. I don't understand what he does. Sometimes I don't even understand why. You know, it's like why would you do that? But then you see it, and it's like, oh, that's really cool. Actually, him and Jay called me the other day, fucking drunk. It was like <laughs> a month ago, and I think they had just come back. I don't know why they were together. Maybe there was like something happening, right. and they were at the casino, and there's just this call where they were just wasted. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> Well, now I want to know where this is going. No, well, Jay, Jay was very happy on the phone. He's he's very complimentary, and he was being uh, very nice. And I kept on saying, like, dude, like, <laughs> you're not going to remember this conversation in the morning, buddy, because he was being. He's just like, oh man, I love your show. No, I love you, man. You're so cool. You're doing all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, dude. And uh, maybe they had made some winnings at the. Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe this is a private story now that I'm saying it. Out loud. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> I've already tweeted about it. Should I not have done that? Oh, shit. That's all good. (laughs) And you're still keeping busy, right? There's more things on the table. I just designed the t-shirt for the Midnight, for their fall tour, their their official fall tour t-shirt. So that was really cool because I'm a huge fan of the Midnight. So it was one of those things. (laughs) That'll never get old, Andy. But yeah, I, I love the Midnight. I kind of had this list of people I would love to work with, and they were very high up on that list. They were probably top of that list. And um, so it was really cool to get to do that t-shirt. And I wasn't even sure if I would get to talk about it by the time I got to talk to you, but they announced it last week. So uh, yeah, that's cool. That's always the tough thing about recording this show like months in advance, is that people will talk to me, they can't reveal a thing, but then by the time it airs, the thing has been out for two years. There's a large part of my life that is like that. And it's kind of weird because like a lot of the work, you know, and work work that I do, um, not even just the pixel work is like heavily NDA'd and, and I can't talk about it. And then the weird thing is that usually by the time I can talk about it, it feels so distant. I've kind of like, oh, okay, that's a thing that happened in the past. So, you know, instead of shouting about it and going, hey, this is really cool. It's like, oh, okay, that's a thing that happened. And, you know, whereas if I was able to talk about it at the time, I'd probably get across that enthusiasm that, that because a lot of these things are a big deal, you know, but two years 
years later, it's like, okay, it just happened. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's why I like to get energized by uh, listening to uh, to new and cool music. And that's what we're going to do right now. And that was a segue to this awesome track by Future Holotape. Now, I think this is another case of uh, Neon Fox playing a uh, Future Holotape track a few weeks ago. I mentioned that my favorite track was actually this weird sort of outlier track from the album called After Dark, which is kind of a cool sort of moody track. And so we're going to listen to that. It is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club. There's Martin Larby, Gregorio Franco, and Blake Peterson. And this is Future Holotape with After Dark.
And that was After Dark by Future Holotape. That's a cool track, and that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Ashley Keegan with the 2049, who I think is coming back to Toronto this week. Is that true, Ashley? You're probably not even going to hear this by the time you uh, you get back here, if I read that tweet correctly. And uh, and then there's Rachel Buchelman with the 1985. And I'm back with genuine human pixel artist extraordinary. Did I use that one already? And I don't think so. I think that, I think that's new. Do you like being referred to as extraordinaire? I love it. It's it's already gone on my resume. Well, take it off. I take it back. <laughs> I've changed my mind. I mean, we're talking before the song played there about how obviously there's a difference between the level of enthusiasm you have for a project you're working on versus one you have worked on. Mm. With this show, sometimes I'll edit out these things after a while I started to get frustrated with when people tell me about stuff but they can't talk about it sure because that happens a lot you know with the oh I've got this thing oh it's gonna be so cool but uh oh you'll hear about it soon I'm like all right delete because like yeah exactly because like that stuff it just to me it doesn't age well because if it's like three years later and we already know what that project was for like two years and then there's like this person being coy on the radio about like oh maybe you'll see it someday I'm like yeah the 10 people are gonna listen to this show now yes 10 people are gonna listen maybe in a week I have about 23 listeners <laughs> you know and then and then when the surprise is gone it's sort of like what you know that's it it's true it's true I know also then you're just spending time talking about what is essentially nothing you know it, it's nothing until it's a th- it's a real thing to be fair uh we do talk about a lot of nothing on this show that's <laughs> if there's any recurring theme it's that that's what makes it interesting andy um, it's I don't know. the nothing it's the variety of the nothing i guess i think i'm going to start suffering from some sort of weird tourette's if i really try and censor myself and then you'll just hear me in the background like slowly move away from the microphone Goldeneye! <laughs> mortal Kombat! Batman! I don't know, what else do I talk about? Besides those, oh, <clears throat> Doctor Who! No, no, except usually what I say is, uh, is, uh, because <laughs> when I go back and listen, I do say the same sentences a lot. Right. I mean, I'm a Doctor Who fan, you know, like, <laughs> I just have to sort of word it that way, it's sort of, it's softer <laughs> than just saying, I like Doctor Who. Sure, even the intonation, you probably keep that the same each time. Oh, yeah. also, The Last Jedi, that, that's a common, a common thread. Yeah, that's a fun one. Uh, I'm glad I haven't talked about that in a while, because it makes me mad. Yeah, I, I, I like The Last Jedi. I will kill you. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I just, I just, I, I like that movie. Well, maybe the problem is with you. You remember before when you were saying that you had a problem? <laughs> so maybe the problem is with your mind and that it is, it's broken in some way. So maybe we can chart backwards to the point where your head was smashed with something. Was your head ever smashed with something? Eh, nothing of, nothing of any particular weight. No, uh, <laughs> but you wouldn't remember it. If it was, if it was true. big enough to that make is- someone like The Last Jedi, that means that something was displaced. Yeah. So maybe there was a time, do you, do you ride a bike? Yes. Uh, have you I ever haven't s- fallen off it. That you remember? Yes, that I remember. See, there you go. See, hey, Maybe you're the one who fell off the bike. <laughs> Yo, Why do I have to be the one who fell off the bike? Because it's my show. <laughs> 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 uh, on this show, Andy is always right, uh, except except when he is egregiously wrong. But like, hey, man, you know, you got to roll with the punches. You know, that's what uh, that's what life's about. That's what uh, that's your philosophy, right? Yes, indeed. Yeah, you you roll with. No, do, do you know the thing? The thing with the Last Jedi is, I I get why you don't like it because it's bad. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like, as long as people recognize, you know, and they can say like, you know, I get that you don't like it because the movie's awful, and then I'm like, hey, man, I'm totally with you. No, the the thing. <laughs> I, I don't even 
know if we should be getting into this, Andy. <laughs> the thing about The Last Jedi is you didn't like it because it didn't make you feel good, because it challenged Star Wars. And you could make a case that Star Wars is something that you shouldn't challenge in its own movie. And I'd probably go, yeah, I can't argue with that. But it challenged a lot of things about Star Wars, and that didn't make some people feel good. And I get that. You know, it's it's like if you walk out of a cinema and you don't go, wow, that kicked ass, uh, then, you know, I, I can understand why that isn't a good thing for you. Yeah, I think uh, the scene I found the most challenging was the one where uh, the alien dwarf fills BB-8 full of coins. <laughs> And then BB-8 somehow has a mechanism to fire those coins like a machine gun as if he's hollow, even though earlier in the film we established that he's full of little metal rods that he uses to plug up electricity holes as if he's plugging up a leak in a, like a leaky bucket, except it's electricity that's shooting out, so it doesn't make any sense. I'm not here to defend the leprechaun scene. I'm not going to do that. He was a leprechaun too, wasn't he? He looked like a he leprechaun. Was, yes, he was definitely a leprechaun. I'm not, I'm, I'm not getting into that. I didn't like that scene either i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna defend that yeah it was very challenging for me for sure yes. <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of stuff like that in the film that i found challenging but the point is that we can move past our differences see we have to be better than the riffraff of the internet you see everyone here is getting mad at each other and calling names and here we can i can break bread with someone who likes the last jedi and maybe your bread will have poison on it i don't know but the bread was broken <laughs> It's, it's just like Romeo and Juliet. It is. It's a lot like that. Yeah. In fact, th they should make that. They should make a version where it's like the guy doesn't like The Last Jedi and the girl likes it and they, <laughs> they overcome their differences and eventually commit suicide. I think that, <laughs> I think that I'd watch that movie. Yeah, I would too. Well, I mean, they got to find new ways to reinvent uh, Romeo and Juliet anyways. It's been done quite a bit. Exactly. I actually really like uh, the Claire Danes and... Leonardo DiCaprio Romeo and Juliet movie I've never seen it I, I haven't seen it it's very 90s I've probably seen a large portion of the movie in GIFs online yeah, well, it's super cheesy, but it was made at that time when people would later complain about, like, oh, the MTV generation is making these movies where it's all, like, quick cuts and it's for people with no attention span and stuff. Sure. But since that movie sort of came out at a time where, you know, there weren't a lot of these mainstream movies that were, like, directed by people who, you know, did music videos and commercials and stuff, and so it had such a, a vibrant kind of visual flair and it's constantly, like, flickering around and it's silly because it takes place in modern time, but they're still talking with the actual Shakespeare dialogue and stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could totally understand someone watching it and going like, wow, this is like super cheesy, but for some reason it got me at like the right time where it was like, uh, it was cool to see a movie like that. Now like see every movie is like all like oversaturated and bold and quick cuts and so it's not as interesting to me anymore. Sure, but at the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we all like flashing lights in our eyes, right? We do. <laughs> Keeps us engaged. I like to have my lizard brain engaged. And so... Yes. Uh, Sometimes if I don't have a movie on, I'll just turn on a strobe light and then just stare at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good way to kill an evening. Yeah, it's just like watching a Michael Bay film, man. It's the same thing. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> Zing, you fucking millionaire director. I got him. <laughs> oh, he's probably crying now. The poor guy. He's got stage fright. You ever see that video where he goes off to like, I think it was like a press conference for Samsung or Sony or some company that was like talking about TVs and innovations and movies. And then Michael Bay walks on stage because he's supposed to say something. And then Michael Bay at one point, he just goes like, yeah, no. And then he just walks off mid sentence. Like he just had like a stage fright or something or didn't want to talk. Oh. And then the guy just had to, like, roll with it and, like, go from there. And it's an interesting uh, video. I'm going to have to look that up. If you like watching people with stage fright. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Anyway, let's uh, listen to some music and then uh, and then we'll keep talking. So here is a cool track from 2D Cat, and it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Jimpy with the 18, and in the $15 club, there's Hampus ML and Ken Drew. And this track is called "I Feel You" by 2D Cat.
And that was 2D Cat with the track I Feel You. And uh, that's a cool song. And it was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. There's Chatterack with the 1495. And Mads Baron Christensen, Prophet of Jupiter. And we will never forget the immortal Chris Celia Lane. And we're back with Genuine Human. And I'm here with Genuine Human right now. Pixel artist of some repute uh, from the... <laughs> Some, just a little. <laughs> well, I was trying not to say extraordinaire. I'm trying to keep this fresh. Right, okay. Your name is Jay. My name is Andy, and we're having a conversation right now about uh, art and stuff and some Star Wars film or something, but we don't have to talk about that. So what are you saying now? In your in your day job, what exactly do you do? I make children's media, so I'm mostly a... Well, I say mostly. I'm kind of... I'm, I'm a bit of everything, but I'm a writer and a creator and a director of children's media, so mostly animation and mostly preschool, so stuff for young kids. How do you handle that? Because, like, I have kids... And what I've learned about myself is I have very little tolerance for preschool-aged content. Oh, I love it because it's usually really positive. You know, you get to tell happy stories. They can often be quite silly. You can also give kids something really good in the process. You know, I, I remember years ago thinking, you know, no matter what you do, kids are going to want stories. They're going to they're going to watch TV. They're going to play games. They're going to watch YouTube, whatever. One way or another, they're going to watch stories. So why not try and give them something fun and good? What you're saying I don't disagree with, which is another way of saying I agree with it. <laughs> I think for me is I, I require slightly more sophistication. Like, so when I say preschool, I specifically mean preschool because I have a lot of favorite cartoons that are children's cartoons. So like I can still full on watch Ghostbusters and sure. Gummy Bears and DuckTales and things, but those are obviously aimed at like a slightly higher yeah, age group. They're, they're a little older, yeah. So the stuff that I find... Um, when we have kids TV on, it's it's the repetition that is upsetting to me. Yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously you're not you're not the target age group. What? So. <laughs> they're, they're not, they're, 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 we're not aiming it at you, but the repetition works really well for kids. Um, yeah. They they love the repetition because they they love knowing what's coming next. Back when they did Sesame Street, when the, when it first launched, they had uh, James Earl Jones read the alphabet. And they yeah. tested it with kids. And um, one of the things they found was that there would be a little pause before the next letter. And that once the kids had seen it once, they loved shouting out the names of the letters. And so for a start, it helped learning. But also they realized, oh, kids actually really like the repetition because they, then they get to know what's coming next. And so it's a big deal for them that, that they actually like call that the James Earl Jones effect from that. But yeah, they love repetition and like even Blue's Clues. You remember Blue's Clues? They're doing they're doing a new one. But the first episode of Blue's Clues, I think, aired every day of the first week of that show airing. And people in the network were going, no, we can't just repeat the same episode. And, they, and the people making it were like, no, do it. Watch what happens. And sure enough, it kind of did better every day because kids liked the repetition it's it's a thing it's a difference between young kids and even older kids and but definitely adults i can see why that doesn't work for you as an audience member watching preschool content i can understand that <laughs> well <laughs> i like old sesame street yes i don't like new sesame street yeah. the reason is i feel like old sesame street it seemed like it was actually trying to be like an entertainment show like entertainment and educational definitely. whereas now i just feel like whenever I watch it, there's two things I don't like. One, the voices are really annoying in modern Sesame Street. So if you watch like the stuff from the 70s, yeah. it's a lot of like gruff 
uh, I probably said this on the show before, but like it's like a gruff, like worker type characters. You know, there's like, yeah. hey, I'm Jimmy the the you know, like I'm the construction worker. I I like to build buildings. You know, they they all have voices like that, and like, hey, I'm you know. So it's more entertaining to watch because like now all the voices are almost like designed to be grating. Yeah, Abby the fairy who's got an annoying voice. Elmo obviously has an annoying voice. Is he's got all these friends that have annoying voices. Yeah, there's one new character I like. What I saw the other day. There's this new segment they do where Cookie Monster cooks and he has like this little pink guy with him. Right. Who's got like a big mustache and he's like, he's like a little tiny dude and he just talks like, and like that guy's funny. Right. But I I sense the educational content quotient now and I know, I mean, I've listened to a podcast with the, where the writers of Sesame Street were talking and it was like, you know, that's the focus. It's like they have an educational curriculum now and they look and they look at it and go, here's what we have to teach the kids and here, blah, blah, blah. Whereas, there's old episodes of Sesame Street where it's like Ernie steals Bert's clothes and puts it on a snowman. And like, there's no moral. Like, it's just Ernie's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of the thing. And it's a funny little skit and then it's over. Yeah. You know, when Ernie sings, I'm going to bake a cake for fucking Cookie Monster. Like, there's no message to the thing. It's just a fun little skit with puppets. Yeah, they they, they had a, a curriculum even back in the day. But I think because it was new, they um, there was much more of a spirit of just trying stuff and seeing what happened. Inevitably, it was more inventive. And I like that they say things they don't say now, too. There's old skits where Bert's like, Ernie, that's stupid, you know? Like, just saying shit like that, and they don't say stupid yeah. anymore. Like, there's things you can't say. They definitely shaved off a lot of the edges over the years. And that weirdness, too. Like, a lot of dark, you know, little short animations that just had really bizarre so, style to them. Some of them were crazy. Like, some of them were n- nightmare fuel. But again, that was part of the spirit of the inventiveness and, and the exploration of the, the early years. And it was really cool. Like, the early Sesame Street is still incredible. Well, it actually actually makes me laugh like i can actually watch old sesame street i love oscar the grouch like he's like my favorite character and he's funny like in the old shows like i love he's so funny because in the 70s he's still allowed to call things like stupid and dumb and stuff yeah so it's fun like when he's complaining about what the other people are doing and just like that's dumb and then just fucking closes the his can and goes away and I, now they gotta not say things like that because I'm sure it's bad for some reason but the kids laugh when they see that stuff on TV kids know yeah. kids know when they're watching something they're not supposed to the other day I was watching The Thing right? and then my daughter came in and she's three literally was was playing with her own toys doing everything else and the second The Thing was on she just had to look at the screen I kept on telling her like don't look go away it was on TV and then like and then I paused it and then I put it back on when she left and then it was the scene where the dudes are all tied to the chairs right? Yeah. and the one guy's face starts melting and then so at that point I turned the channel because she wouldn't she kept coming in and wanting to look at it and then she started crying that she couldn't watch the movie and I didn't know what I was meant to do like I didn't know what the correct course of action was. I'm pretty sure it's it's, it's not to show her the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be fairly clear on that one. It's funny though because kids they, they absorb that stuff differently like it's it's funny to watch because like oh, she walked in and walked out and then she just casually like oh that guy's face fell off because she literally walked in at the scene where the dude's head falls off and turns into the spider yeah yeah and she just wasn't um, faded she's just like oh that guy's head face fell off like yep and then I was like fuck because it was on television like I didn't put it on on like that's the thing about with kids man like I all of my favorite movies are have been sitting on my shelf now for like the life of my my son who's like nine mm-hmm. and I'm just waiting for him to become like ten where I feel like. 
I can start showing him some cool movies at 10. I saw cool movies when I was 10. Yeah. Maybe not yeah. Scarface. Scarface I didn't see till I was like in high school. Like it's weird to explain certain adult situations to a 10 year old, but uh, you know, he can see Alien. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other day we watched Killer Clowns as a family, but th- that movie doesn't really have any gore. And I guess this goes to my immaturity. My son and I laughed at the exact same moment, uh, <laughs> legitimately. And it was the scene where in Killer Clowns, the main character guy, he's trying to convince the brothers who run the ice cream truck to go and save his girlfriend. And he's got to tell them that he's like, she's got, she's like, we got to go save her. And just like, does she have any roommates? And then he's like, yeah, two of them. With big boobs! And we both burst out laughing at the same time, so... Right. I have the sense of humor of a nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I brought my kids to see The Goonies. There were, a local cinema was, was showing it. Was it a year ago or around that? But it was really cool to get to see it again on the big screen. But there's that bit where um, Corey Feldman breaks off the little statue's penis and then sticks it on upside down. And, like, my, my eldest daughter just thought it was the funniest thing yeah. she has ever <laughs> Scene, you know? it's like like that that is you know comedy has peaked you know i don't want to see anything else in my life because that's it that's just that's the moment right there everything everything else is just nothing now right. <laughs> kids love that shit man <laughs> yeah but uh but look we gotta listen to another track because it's uh, music time on this show and so we are going to hear this cool song from i think this is pronounced electric move uh m-o-u-v hope that's electric move anyways it's a cool song and it's uh, brought to you by my awesome patreon supporters in the ten dollar club there's fraser davidson joshua winter pump action for skin neptune 90 thundercats ho and dalton bell and this track is called landing by electric move
And that was Electric Move with the track Landing. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. There's Heartbeat Hero, Cat Temper, Albion Algorithm, Retro Serenade, Gary Heather, Knight of Ducks, and Andrew Benson. And I am back with genuine human pixel artist. Uh, did I say of some repute last time? Mm, yes. All right, pixel artist of some note. Of some note. Okay, good. good. Yeah, man. Because like you've, you've done lots of uh, <laughs> lots of cool stuff, and people can. Uh, where can people go see your things? Do you have like a central hub of genuine human stuff, or do they have to go to all the different YouTubes of all the artists you've uh, worked uh, with? Then you'd think I'd have a central hub, wouldn't you? That would make sense. Mm. No, I'm all over the place. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram, and I spend a lot of time on Twitter. I know you're not a huge fan of Twitter, but I've been there a long time now, so I'm kind of stuck on Twitter and Instagram. Those are the two, probably the two best places to get me, I'd say. Well, to be fair, like, I am on Twitter all the time. It just makes me really mad. Like, I don't engage too much. So unless someone says something very nice about me, then I engage. Those are my favorite things to respond to. Sure. With, with Twitter, I'm very quick to unfollow and very quick to block. And that makes my life better. I don't know. Twitter used to be a funny place. And it's it's no longer a funny place. It's a place of, of angry people. Yes. Uh, so, so, yeah, I do a lot of unfollowing and a lot of blocking just so I don't, you know, I try and minimize how much of that I see because mm-hmm. I just like the fun stuff and I like when people post cool art yeah no that makes sense that's a that's a wise move yeah Jay yeah but it used to be funnier. It's weird. It's like it just used to be a funnier place. I think the whole world has gone a bit darker and a bit more serious and a bit angrier. I find myself in a weird position where, like, I consider myself to be, like, a progressive guy. Mm. But I also like offensive humor. Yeah. And those two things, to me, don't conflict with each other. Because to me, sometimes I laugh at stuff because it's wrong. Like, that's sure. literally the joke. Oh, is like, yeah. that person shouldn't have said that. Or, the, you know, like, that's, that's what makes it funny. Like, I'm a big fan of ironic humor as well which like when I'm with my close friends like they know who I am like in my heart so if I say something that's like offensive it's like that's the joke is like you know like I'm saying something that you're not supposed to say yeah and unfortunately i think like twitter like there's just not a place for that anymore and it's weird because again it's the same thing with um like talking about like star wars or whatever it's like so i watch a lot of like angry nerds on youtube Mm. i might agree with them on like one topic which is like i also don't like star wars yeah but then it seems to be all these pages that then go off on this tangent where their whole audience is built on like hate yeah absolutely that's it that's such a huge thing because even with star wars like i mean star wars star wars like you don't like the last jedi but like we got rogue one and that's cool there's gonna be more star wars they're they're like buses now at this point that if you don't like the one that comes comes along there's gonna be another one and you might like that well i hope i do because <laughs> honestly like my problem with the last jedi is just that it's part of the main series and we touched on it earlier like i just believe that if you're gonna deconstruct star wars there's a way to do it where you don't damage star wars at the same time and that's what expanding the universe is for you know like if you want to tell certain types of stories that don't feel like chapters in the skywalker saga you just do it with new characters in a different part of the galaxy because you watch man when episode nine comes out because you know episode eight you know last jedi is this weird diversion mm. that when they try and tie the whole story together there won't be much from episode eight other than some of the character deaths that really affect sure. like the larger narrative i think you're absolutely right and i think that's one of the things i'm kind of looking at the new one and going you know i'm not sure 
how this is going to work out because you're right. If, like, because already we've had things like like Kylo Ren destroyed and got rid of his helmet in Episode Eight, but we know he's got it in Episode Nine. So it's like, oh, okay, they're kind of undoing that. And what I, I guess, what I'm hoping is that they don't just spend a lot of the new one undoing the stuff of the previous one because I think that'll make two movies worse rather than maybe making one movie better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think they'll do any retconning. You know, like if anything, they might just not talk about Episode Eight unless it's like really necessary because I don't think anyone's going to need to be reminded about that like space casino but honestly like I just I'd love to see them tell new stories with new characters and not mess around with the old ones at all I mean sure that would have made these last few movies better and like in my opinion it could have been the same movie Mm. but just didn't have to have the recognizable characters to tarnish you know like Solo I think would have been better if it wasn't a Han Solo movie yeah I I, I had that exact same thing it's like I actually really enjoyed that I thought it was a lot of fun but I found it very hard to make the connection between the guy we were watching and Harrison Ford. No, I, I did the same. And like, there was parts I liked, but they weren't necessarily due to the connection I had with the characters. They were just like, oh, that was a fun sequence or that was a cool thing. Like, I like seeing Chewbacca throw people around. <laughs> Who doesn't, Andy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you're not going to make all the nerds happy. I guess I just I just have very little patience for the complaining is like we have we have so much entertainment now it's like i almost feel like we're in this golden age of entertainment it's everywhere like there's stuff for everyone right now yeah that's true and there there have been a lot of new shows that i think are awesome like i think where i sympathize with the complainers is how you know the production companies and stuff are handling a lot of the franchises right now you know i see a lot of people complain about like sjw's and hollywood and stuff however i don't get too wrapped up in that because hollywood fucking up franchises is nothing new So while some of the complaints I think are valid, it's not like, you know, social justice people like invented the concept of fucking up franchises like Hollywood has been consistently fucking up adaptations and sequels forever fucking did you ever see robocop 3 like they've always known how to fucking ruin a franchise it doesn't always mean just putting a lady as the lead like they they can yeah and i I have no patience for that it's like people losing their shit because women exist you know i have no patience for that yeah and i mean we don't need to please those people anyways but there has been a problem of the misrepresenting of the complaints a bit you know like ghostbusters remake is a perfect example because a lot of people had a problem with the movie and they lumped everyone who did into that category of like you know sexist fools or whatever and like i didn't like the movie either but because as a fan of ghostbusters i didn't like that it was a reboot you know like i didn't like that it wasn't a continuation in the same universe i i had the same thing i actually i have to say i actually enjoyed that ghostbusters movie but the one thing that i really didn't like were the cameos because it had all the people from the original movies and i'm looking at it going well why aren't they just playing themselves like there was no reason why that movie couldn't have tied in to the previous movies, you know, and and I actually liked a lot of it. I thought Chris Hemsworth was brilliant in it. But yeah, it's like, why why did it have to be a new thing? I don't know. Yeah, but I tell you what, uh, uh, we're gonna listen to a new song. How about that? That's my segue because you said the word new. You that's that's a good segue. <laughs> <laughs> that's quality work right there. <laughs> Hey man, I'm the best. It's the best synthwave chat show there is. Uh, so look, uh, we're gonna listen to this track now from Frank Choppin. 
C-H-O-P-P-I-N, man, that's chopping. Uh, and it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. Did I say Andrew Benson? There's Sarah Buchelman, The Patch Bay, Gus Velichek, Playmaker Media, Fucking Slunks, Matthew Lister, Tristan Waits, and Skunk Raider. And this is Frank Chopin with the track Pain in My Heart featuring Empha Voice.
Right, and that was Pain in My Heart, featuring Ampha Voice by Frank Chopin. Now, see, I was thinking maybe it'd be Chopin, but Chopin is with one P. So if there's two P's, that is Chopin. And that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. In the $10 Club, there's Colin Bennett, Joe Ozone, Will Lowe, and Polly Digital. And I'm back here with Genuine Human. We're talking about movies, and I'm talking about how, like, some of the franchises I like aren't necessarily, you know, going in the directions that I would like them to. Sure. But you know, like, I'm seeing it as an opportunity, because everyone's upset, and I'm seeing it as an opportunity, well, now let's just fucking build something new. Like, let's have some new shit. Like, honestly, like, if you you know, aren't happy with the direction of Star Wars or whatever, like, let's see some fucking new shit come in, and you make it the way you want to you know, whatever, like, because with the synthwave scene, you know, I've been basically listening to and and supporting these artists who are not in the mainstream, and it's all I listen to now. Mm. And as technology gets better, I think we're going to get to this point where, like, people are going to be able to make fucking wicked... I mean, it happens now. I mean, you look at the fucking, you know, the Carpenter Brute video. You know, whenever I watch that thing, I think that's one of the best fucking videos of all time. Yeah. So there's going to be this point where it's going to be easier for talented people to just, hey, just make your own thing. And I've been thinking about that, too, in terms of, like, creative projects. And I think I talked about this on the show before, where I'm, I'm looking at different franchises and going, like, wouldn't it be cool to make a Zelda movie? Or wouldn't it be cool to make a this movie? And then going, well, why not write that script? But instead of making it, like, fucking slash fiction or whatever the hell people do when they, they take a fr- like a thing they like and go, I'm going to make my own Batman story where him and Robin are gay or whatever. Like, everyone takes, the, you know, franchises they like and things they like and makes some weird story. Slash fiction is when it's all about sex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's mostly gay too. It's always like it's always like with Doctor Who things. It's always that. It's just the and there's the Doctor is making out with Captain Jack or whatever, and like that's what people like to do with their time. That's fine. How much of this have you read? Uh, well, it's mostly pictures. Right. <laughs> That you're drawing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not very good. They're basically just like stick men with boners. <laughs> so I look at all that and I go, well, instead of writing like a fan, making a fan movie or, or writing a fan story, like just take the elements you like. Like what's important to me about Zelda or whatever? And then go like, is, is his outfit important? Is the MacGuffin important? What is it that I really like about that? franchise well it could be like sometimes it is the aesthetic and the joke is whenever they do these um video game to movie adaptations or comic book to movie adaptations they make a lot of changes to the aesthetic yeah and they always have this bullshit about like we're staying true to the characters and like you know they did that with transformers which is like the biggest fucking joke because transformers is a toy commercial bumblebee doesn't look like he did in the cartoon or sound like he did or turn into the same car but we're staying true to the character and to me i'm like staying true to the character would mean he's a volkswagen beetle yeah. like that's staying true to his his character is he is a volkswagen beetle like that's <laughs> that's his character like optimus prime's character is he's a leader and he's a big flat nose mac truck with a fucking gray cab on the back that fucking flies away when he transforms like that is yeah is just as important as the rest of him. And so, sure. I think I said this, so it was on the episode with with Duet and Stuart Lockwood where I was going to write my uh, my Streets of Rage movie. Mm. And, like, to me, it is kind of the aesthetic of the characters, like, you know, what they look like is, is part of the importance. And I knew that if they ever did a Streets of Rage movie, they'd never make the characters look like they do in the game. You know, like, they would... Oh, yeah. They would just be, yeah. oh, we're staying true to them because they're all, you know, undercover police officers. I'm like, that's the one aspect of the fucking game that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> except, like, they can call for a fucking police car to show up and shoot a rocket at everybody. Anyway, 
Sorry, that's my speech. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're absolutely right, Andy. I think if, if you can, I mean, that's how Star Wars happened. Like George Lucas couldn't get the rights to Flash Gordon and he made Star Wars. And I think if you can take all that stuff that you want to see, but you're not seeing it and then channel it into something else and something positive and actually like create rather than just spending eight hours a day on the internet going, here's why this is shit, then I think we're going to get to see a lot more cool stuff. And especially now, there's actually a lot of different ways, as you say, like there's tools available now that just bottom line didn't exist 20 years ago, that, that you can you can make stuff. There's also networks that are a lot more open to new things than, than they used to be. So I just think, if, yeah, if people can channel that positively rather than just, you know, look for retweets on Twitter about something they hate. Or use that hate and make something cool with the energy from it. Like, if you're really that mad about, uh, I'm, I'm saying this like I'm not talking about myself, but like in terms of like <laughs> Star Wars or whatever, like there's a way to channel that and go, well, I'm going to do this thing. I mean, that's some of the reason why I was energized when I was doing like Circuit and Breaker and I still want to do that, but I have to rebuild the fucking costume because it, something happened to it. Uh, <laughs> it. It got destroyed. That's why I don't like talking about it. Right. Because I was when I was working on my robot show because uh what ended up happening was the costume got wrecked because i the way that i built it Mm -hmm. and i built a homemade mannequin using paper mache and stuff and then i had to put it in storage at my dad's place and his basement is not the same atmosphere as mine you mean like it's on a different planet yeah 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 exactly so my (laughs) i come from neptune and then we had this basement there anyway so what happened was the paper mache grew mold and it worked its way through the costume because right. I, I had built this robot costume using like a sweater as a base, like actual clothes and then gluing plates to it and then the, the robot stuff on top of those plates. And so when the mannequin went all moldy, the mold basically just went through like like fuzz oh, okay. through the costume yeah. and then I, I had to fucking destroy it. And then since then I haven't uh, rebuilt you, you it. You had to kill it before it killed you. Exactly. Yes. Because I, I, I desperately want to. Like, like I, I want to. It's just I have no fucking time. Sure, but uh, it would be uh, it'd be a fun project to work on. What about you, man? Do you have any things you want to work on that you haven't? Oh, I have too many. It's hard because we only get one lifetime, mm. and that sucks. But yeah, I have a huge wish list of things that I would love to do, but. Yeah, it's fine in the time, isn't it? It's really, it's really hard. There's too many. I'd love to make a game. I think I'd be the only person who played it, but I would love to make a pixel art cyberpunk dating game. That would be my <laughs> thing. Yep. I was playing Dead Space. Have you played Dead Space? Yeah, man. Okay. I was playing Dead Space. Whatever um, happened to that I, franchise? Oh, uh, they made the third one and then put in like microtransactions and it kind of killed it. But yeah, I, I played Dead Space and I played the second one and I hit this point where I was playing them going... These locations are really nice. It'd be nice if, like, they just turned on the lights and I could just, like, go out for dinner with somebody in this game and, you know, we get to know each other. And it's been <laughs> this thing ever since that when I play games that are, like, nice locations but ruined, my brain just goes, I wish this was a dating game. <laughs> I would just do nice things, you know? And I, I'm busy, like, stomping on these creatures' heads, but in my head, I'm going, yeah, that'd be a nice place just to, you know, we'd sit and we'd talk about the weather. And so, yeah, I just, I have this thing of this, like, dark cyber future world you can go on a date and <laughs> well, you're, a, you're a more wholesome guy than i am so I'm, I, I'm i'm quite content with the murdering part the, the thing with games for me for a large part is not the murder part at all it's it's kind of being somewhere else it's like that experience of exploration so even a game like dead space where you're kind of stomping your way through the creatures and stuff 
I'm doing it so that I can see the next place. You know, that's that's kind of the reason I'm doing it. So I, I like a lot of the narrative games that we have now, like uh, Gone Home and uh, Firewatch and, and What Remains of Edith Finch. And th- those kind of games where you just kind of go for a nice walk and, and get a story. I like those games. I think I've discovered about myself that I'm not sophisticated enough to enjoy those because, like, I've played, <laughs> like, I played them. Like, I tried, like, uh, what, uh, Gone After the Rapture. No, what's that one? Gone Home. Everyone's Gone to the Rapture. Everyone's yeah. Gone to the Rapture. Yeah. And after a few minutes, I just, uh, especially if it's a first person game, mm. I'm just like, where's the gun? Like, yeah, like I just, I want the gun yeah, to appear. No, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm happy just like wandering around and looking at that pretty scenery and getting a little bit of story. Yeah, I think it has to be a fantasy world. Like, I mean, I got to admit, like when I first played Elder Scrolls, I, that's all I did is I just walked around and listened to the music. Oh, that game is too big. I just, I, I lost a section of my life for like on Skyrim. It's just, I, and I'll never get that time back. Hey man, it's worth it. When I when I first played Oblivion, and there was this beautiful music, and I just walked around and listened, and it was like this nice piano music, and yeah, it was just so serene. And then to me, there has to be some sort of fantastical element. Sure, yeah. Well, like uh, like that. Ra- uh, everyone's gone to the rapture. It's like it looks very nice, but you're basically just in like a country village. That's it. Yeah, it's like I, I could walk around at home for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's gone to my town. <laughs> Same amount of people. <laughs> no, I, I get that. I, that. That makes sense. But yeah, I, I love those. Sto- I love stories in games and, and just wandering around and not killing things. I'm just uh, yeah. Look at you, eh? You're a sweet man, Jay. I am a sweet man. I just I like I, I, I just I, I like games where you can just like pet puppies and, and and hug things. See, I think I like there to be that balance. If, if there is some sort of aspect to uh, petting a puppy or going on a date, there also has to be this other aspect of running around shooting things. That's, what, <laughs> that's, why, that's why I like Grand Theft Auto, man, because Grand Theft Auto is just packed full of so much stuff to do. If you want it to be like, it can be a racing game, if you yeah, like. It, it can be anything you want, really. There's, there's a bit of everything in, in those games. Yeah. yeah, and then at any point, you just get out of the car and then yeah. shoot things. Which is what I do, because <laughs> I'm a good guy. Uh, but look, uh, let's listen to another song, and then maybe we can uh, wrap this up. Cool. Because uh, we've been talking for a while. So here's a cool track from The Holy Mountain, and it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Well, there's IP68 with the 808. Uh, in the 777 Club, there's Life of Brenton. And this track is called Night Striker by The Holy Mountain.
that was the Holy Mountain with Night Striker. And that is a cool song. And we are back with Genuine Human, who is a pixel artist whose work I like. And I'm here with Jay. Hi. Hi. And we've been having a fun chat, but we got to wrap it up because we've been talking for a while. Cool. Do you have any closing thoughts? Oh, that's, that puts a lot of pressure on me, Andy. Closing thoughts. I know. <laughs> I know exactly what I'm doing. Okay. This way, when I come in with my perfectly scripted thing, you look like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> why, thank you for that. <laughs> Is that why I'm here? Yeah, it's like you fumble around <laughs> and then I come in like, oh, yeah, I mean, that was good, Jay. I mean, I'm just thinking maybe we should uh, all come together as one, regardless of uh, race, religion, or creed. And that's uh, my point. And then you're like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> eat a sandwich? No, I- yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that, Andy. I think that that is really that that's the common thread of your show, really, isn't it? That's that's why we're all here. Yeah, so man. We, we can come together as one. One love, man. That is my catchphrase. It's always been and always will be. That's how I end every show. I say one love. One love. I like that. I like that one. One love. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it it is good to talk to you, and it's good to talk games and movies and the Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say we we, did, we didn't talk about synthwave and music, but you know that's your thing, man. Well, we listened to it. We did, yes, yes, yes. yes. Music to me really is about experiencing. It's my favorite form of art. Like I love music; is just so inspiring and energizing. Yeah, well, you know, you've said this before, and I have the exact same thing. That when I listen to music, I I see pictures and I see scenes, and and I think that's one of the reasons that I think synthwave has been such a really good fit for me with the pixel art. Is that a lot of it evokes these scenes of cyberpunk, and it has these retro feel but also futuristic in one you know and it's a really good fit so when i put on you know some music i'm i'm seeing these things that i want to draw and and i love that i love that it's cool yeah man no being inspired is a really uh important thing yes and having that feeling and that energy and like that's what i get when i listen to this type of music and so i I don't think there is too much to say about it that was my point basically it's like the most important thing was listening to it yes and then you come to your own conclusions you know i'm a big fan of people coming to their own conclusions especially if they land on my opinion (laughs) yes yes that is true (laughs) <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I yeah, I I totally agree with you, Andy. That's that's what you've told me to say. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Your check is in the mail. <laughs> All right, man. Well, look, it was lovely to uh, chat with you. Uh, thanks again. You you sent me a gift a, a while ago of some uh, some cool artwork and some little posters and some postcards and a sticker and stuff and so that was That's nice right. yeah pe- people have been asking me for prints for a while and i just haven't got my act together to do it so i had done a test run just to see you know could i get them at decent quality so i had a bunch sitting around and i thought yeah I'll send some to andy and and i did and let that be a note to all my listeners please send me gifts <laughs> preferably money but i'll also accept artwork but money is the ultimate gift isn't it always <laughs> love just ending on such a weird note <laughs> yes. yeah no, no let's go back to the one love thing that was a better ending <laughs> no, no 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 sorry my new catchphrase is money is the ultimate gift <laughs> <laughs> 
but also one love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, you have a lovely uh, Irish day, and uh, it's been lovely to talk to you. You too. Thank you very much, Andy. Yeah, and keep on making uh, cool shit. I will make cool shit. <laughs> 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 That's a good ending. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that was my conversation with Genuine Human. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. I enjoyed uh, chatting with him. That was fun. And uh, now it's time to go. So I hope you guys have a lovely week. Uh, tune in later in the week for a high five. And that is everything. So uh, thanks for listening to the show. Thank you to all the new uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, again, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash beyondsynth or beyondsynth.com slash nothing. Just beyondsynth.com. Click on the donate button. Look, it's all good. It's all good. So I just want to say... Uh, <laughs> One love. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting it by going to patreon.com slash beyondsynth or visit beyondsynth.com and click on support the show. Beyond Synth is made possible by the awesome Patreon supporters. Don't forget to follow Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Live broadcasts can be heard weekly on Twitch at twitch.tv slash beyond underscore synth. Have a lovely week.